Hey lifers, this is Heather Drew and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. Today is episode 27 and this episode is called Be Careful Not to Decide How It's Going to Go. This wins the award for the longest title so far. Um, so a little bit of background about this episode is I have some exciting news actually. I've been talking a little bit throughout my episodes about, you know, change and seasons of transition and loss and things like that. And um, what's interesting about change is that every time, even when you're gaining something, um, to say yes to something, you have to say no to something else, right? And this is a season of change for me, and this is a season of moving into new spaces and out of old ones. So one of the changes is exciting. That's exciting is that I actually have started my own private practice for counseling, which is super exciting in the Philadelphia area in Northwest, the Northwest section of Philadelphia. So if you want to check out my website, or if you have a friend in Philadelphia who's looking for a counselor of some kind, my website is www.lifeinthewhirlwind.com slash counseling. That's where you can find my counseling info. And um, that also links to the homepage, which is www.lifeinthewhirlwind.com. So yeah, that's an exciting change. With it comes loss, of course. Um, Yeah, I won't go into a ton of detail there. But with it comes loss and um, dissolvement of other great, wonderful things. And um, because this is happening, and I also am transitioning at my diff- my other job, I am changing jobs at the school at which I work, um, because my director, Phil Monroe, is actually leaving the program and we're very sad to lose him. He's been on this podcast before episode five and uh, he's moving on to a different role at a different organization and will be doing some adjunct professoring at BTS Graduate School of Counseling. But I am moving on up. I will be the assistant director of the counseling program, which is crazy. It's just bananas. Um, I can't believe it. Anyway, see, okay, this is why I'm doing this podcast episode. Okay, so the title of this episode, be careful not to decide how it's going to go. I think I've said this phrase before. Uh, A teacher of mine says this occasionally and sort of invites me and others into a space of drawing awareness to anticipation that may or may not serve the situation very well. So for instance, I'm going to do a little here and now. So I just told you about these exciting new opportunities and I just said, it's bananas. (laughs) I don't know exactly what you hear when I say that. I know what I mean. I know what I feel. I feel a lot of mixed emotions about all these changes. And while it probably sounds exciting to most of you, like I said, it involves a lot of loss 
and change is not my favorite thing to do all the time. And even when a lot of good comes from things, a lot of enjoyable change happens, I still grieve, you know, I have grief about what is lost. So um, when was the last time you had a big change and you sort of decided in your mind or you started noticing that you were anticipating how it was going to go? So is it maybe it was an event or maybe it was uh, like a new season of life or something or a move or graduation or something like that? But, you know, we have all these things that sort of end and begin, right? That's the four parts of everything. Um, Things end and then new things begin or are born in those endings. It is very easy to anticipate based on history, based on memory, based on fears, based on insecurities, even based on, you know, joys or... uh, whatever positive stuff comes with all of these changes, um, it's really easy to go there, like in anticipation of what things will be like. So what is the point of not trying to anticipate or like, you know, trying to minimize the kind of anticipation that you're doing when you're going into something new? What's the point of that? What would, what would that benefit? Fair question. So remember when we talked about non-attachment several weeks ago, um, non-attachment is this sort of, you know, I talked about it being a, you have a right to your actions. Uh, you have a right to commit to something with your actions, but you don't have against our desires, our better wishes, our wishes, we don't have a right to the outcome of our actions. We have a right to our actions, but we don't have a right to the outcome of our actions. We can control what we do, but we cannot control how it goes. We can try, and I can guarantee it will almost always lead to a lot of pain and struggle that is unnecessary unnecessary suffering when we're sort of holding on to something or we're trying to manipulate something or trying to like white knuckle things, right? Um, So when we release the outcome of our actions, it's similar to this, right? It's similar to, this is a version of releasing the outcome of accepting that we have a right to our actions and that we can do what we choose to do, what we want to do, what we feel we need to do, but we don't have a choice or a right to how it all goes, right? When we decide how something is going to go, like for instance, if you're doing something that your inward life, your heart, your mind your psyche, whatever it is, is fearful of, or there's some insecurity or shame, or you're just afraid it's not going to be enough, right? It's the scarcity. Like I am going to start this job and I'm going to screw it up. 
I'm going to be miserable. Or, you know, even just these simple phrases like, this won't be as good as fill in the blank. Or this is going to be really hard. Or even like, this is going to be great. This is going to be fabulous. It's a good attitude. You know, it's a good positive way of going into something. I can't argue with that attitude. Um, But it's still sort of deciding how it's going to go. And it does lead to attachment to a certain outcome, right? It's sort of, I would argue that it's actually all of this deciding how things are going to go is almost always, I can't think of an op- a situation where this is not true actually, but it's almost always a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if I go into something saying, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. It's already horrible. Like this is bad news. How is it possible that it could go well? I mean, I am totally setting it up for failure. I am, you know, I'm pouring negative energy into the thing before it's even begun. And it's like depriving something of oxygen. You know, it's like sucking all the oxygen out of a room before a baby's born into it or something. I mean, it's just, it's setting it up for failure. And we do it all the time. We fear things, we anticipate, we worry, we plan, we fret about the future. You know, I get that we have to be, you know, there's this fine tightrope. There's this super tricky tightrope walk of planning for the future in a way that is wise, shrewd, you know, calculated, cautious, whatever the word is. And, you know, it's like saving for retirement. That's not a bad idea. Um, Saving for your kid's college fund or saving up to buy a house or something like that. It's different than hoarding. All of these things are different than hoarding. You know, it's, it's sometimes can be really hard to differentiate what we need versus what we want. But if we do the hard work of thinking through these things and really paying attention to the way we are storing something before it's even started, we might be surprised how often we set things up for failure before they've even begun. I am guilty of this. So I'm using this as a place of confession because I really want to, I would really like to work on not doing this. You know, the power of positive thinking might be super cheesy and sound fluffy and boring and ridiculous to some people. And, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to make my ju- I'm not going to make a judgment about that stuff. Positive psychology has an interesting role in life in the world, but here's the reality is that I in my experience and think about this for yourself. In my experience, if you go into a situation being like, "Here's what I'm going to do." and you try not to decide how it's going to go, you just decide, "Here's what I'm going to do." And here I go. Off I go. Here I go. It changes so much. It changes your attitude in the moment. It changes 
your tenacity. It changes um, the way that you choose certain things from moment to moment. And I think it strengthens you. It gives you the ability to own a strength at a deeper level that is mysteriously tapped into when you own it. You know, it's kind of like, um, for, for, for instance, I gave a card to my friend Bonnie and it said something like proceed as if success was inevitable. I think I've said this on this podcast before. It's one of those quotable cards, you know, those square quotable cards that you can buy at the card store proceed as if success is inevitable. So maybe that's a little bit a different kind of version of sort of expecting how it's going to go or trying to decide how it's going to go. Like this is going to be successful, but I, you know, it really does tap into some deep current of strength. And I tell people this a lot. And a lot of people tell me this too. Like in the episode, optimal conditions, I talked about how a lot of my friends were sort of challenging me on staying small and how I was sort of making myself small, and I wasn't tapping into uh, a deeper current of strength in my life, you know, this power and agency that I actually have, and that I'm sort of made to embrace. When I recorded that episode, I was doing this, I was, I was doing a lot of this. When I was making myself small, my friends called me out on that and challenged me on that lovingly, which I really appreciate. Um, it was because I was doing this. I was deciding how it was going to go and I just shriveled up under the thought of it. I just turned into a puddle because if I think, if I've decided that it's going to go poorly, what effort am I going to make? Uh, if my goal is failure, my effort is zero. <laughs> right? Am I right or am I right? Okay, so this is hard work, right? So what is the invitation for this? Here, I'm going to take you through two steps to this invitation. There's two parts. Part one is only to just... It, okay, so here's why there's two steps. Because I want you to remember this can be an overwhelming task to try to change something that you do unconsciously a lot of the time. I don't, you know, I hope you understand that I don't expect this to be easy. Um, it's also not the hardest thing you're ever going to do. It's just, it's just this thing that's like simple, but difficult. Um, so the part one is just notice, just begin to take notice how often you use phrases like, I can't something, or I will never be able to whatever. Like <laughs> somebody said this to me the other day, I could never learn French. I'm like, I highly doubt that. Like you, the, ner you know, my nerd brain was like, oh, neuroplasticity. You could definitely learn French. This is, this is the time where you can and you should do it. You know, that's just an example. Like just pay attention, begin to take notice of how many times or moments when you say something like, I can never, or I will never, or this won't be good, or this is going to be fill in the blank. Just take notice of when you do that and then pay attention to the circumstances around 
that phrasing, that story in your mind, how you're storying that. Maybe there's a pattern. Maybe it's, there's a pattern to the way that you anticipate things going badly. And I would ask you to just examine that and look at it and tell someone about it. If you're in counseling, tell your counselor, hey, you know, I've been kind of checking this out. I've been trying to pay attention and notice when I say these sort of self-fulfilling prophecy things about myself when I'm anticipating something not going well. I also notice that there's a pattern here. I notice that it's always when I'm whatever, like taking on a new role or a friend is leaving. I'm disconnecting from someone that I care about or I will have less access to fill in the blank. Just pay attention to those circumstances and notice patterns and tell someone. So that's part A. Part B, I'm mixing my points here. I'm mixing my like numbering system. I said one first and then I said A. Part two of the invitation is maybe after noticing and paying attention to patterns and you've been doing that for a while and you've told people and they've been paying attention to this with you and they've been supporting you and they've been loving you and caring for you in that process of attention. Maybe you move on to part two, which is maybe you redirect yourself from that um, trying to, you know, like deciding how it's going to go badly and moving it, moving your attention or redirecting yourself toward wonder or curiosity or openness to whatever happens to be presenting itself to you. Taking a new job for me involves many emotions. Taking two new jobs involves double the many emotions. (laughs) I feel many, many things in these two big changes in my life because a lot of my identity comes from the way I act at my jobs and who I am at my jobs. And it's not everything, but it's a lot. It's a lot of time. I work full time and it's a lot of time. So it makes a sense that I would be nervous about how it's going to go. I'm not going to judge myself for feeling nervous. I just want to not use my energy on deciding it's going to go badly and let that be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I really want to live into a strength that I think is there at a deep level. And typically time tells and time shows and reveals that when I do that, it goes well. Like it, it, I flourish. I come to life. I discover parts of myself that I never knew existed. Um, you know, I think I said this before to you all that everything is new at some point. 
Like think of everything you've ever loved and ever enjoyed in your entire life. And there was a first time for that, for every single one of those things. And you were probably afraid of it when it came, but look at where you are now. So be careful to not decide how it's going to go, my friends, and I will do the same. My blessing this week to you is this. There's a great sign. I have to buy this sign (laughs) for my office or something, just like a tiny little sign. It says, it is what it is. So my blessing, may you embrace that it all is what it all is. May you embrace your agency to choose your actions. And may you give yourself permission to find freedom, to be surprised and delighted in unexpected things that you are open to because you haven't decided how it's going to go. And in doing that, may you find life in this crazy whirlwind. And we're all in it together. Thanks for joining me this week. Thanks for listening to my story and bearing witness to my heart today. And thank you all for those who emailed me this week. I appreciate your vulnerability so much. And your kind words keep me going. (laughs) I really appreciate it. And I hope I will be talking with you next week. Take great care. Savannah scatters And the seabird sings So why should we fear What travel brings What were we hoping To get out of this Some kind of momentary bliss I waited for something Something died So I waited for nothing Nothing arrived It's our dearest ally It's our closest friend It's our darkest blackout It's our final end My dear sweet nothing Let's start anew From here on in It's just me and you I waited for something And something died So I waited for nothing Nothing arrived Well, I guess it's over 
guess it's begun It's a loser's table But we've already won It's a funny battle It's a constant game I guess I was busy I guess I was busy 